Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things, Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Hey, it didn't loop today. Hey, hey, that's a first. Uh, I'm wildly disappointed. So we're doing a Halloween special tonight, and so I kind of put some feelers out to some friends, and I, I got two to pop on. I've got Mike, who's been a, is a wild paranormal supporter, but I think this is his first appearance anywhere talking about it. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, besides a YouTube video or two. And my good friend Chuck Banks, who uh, has a number of... Uh, tell, me, tell me about the book you got out first, Chuck, and then... The, the new book is called uh, Life of an Overthinker, so I, I don't want your audience to overthink too much. I want them to go out there and purchase that book, um, but I also have several different uh, paranormal books out there as well. I got a new one coming, uh, The Midwest Paranormal Road Trip Files uh, 2024, and it's going to come out uh, probably within the next six months. But Probably in 2024? Yes. <laughs> And look at this, we got another one popping, and here's Brian Parsons. Uh, Brian, let's hear that voice again. It's been a while. Uh, put him, I'll put him on the spot. Uh, man, it's, it has been a while. I don't know if it still works. Hello? Is this Hello? <laughs> yes, it does. Good to hear you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a few months. Taking some time off, but uh, doing a lot of writing, which I'm excited about. Well, I, you're, I, I, Chuck just mentioned he has a new book coming out, and you have one coming out, too. Well, Makes it's not me- just... But puts not, me and Mike to shame. We don't have books out. So, <laughs> well, this is not really my book, but I'm I'm a part of a, a pretty big horror anthology. So even if you don't like it, you can definitely prop your door open with it. It's uh, over 400 pages. Wow, it's uh, it's very exciting. It's it's actually it's my first foray into fiction, and I will never see a dime because it's uh it's 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 a good thing. It's all all the proceeds are going to uh, benefits uh, the the fight against human trafficking. So it's all the proceeds are going to a organization called Collective Liberty. So it's 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 good. It's um, something that uh, I got to proofread or proof uh, proofread. No, I didn't have to proofread it. I was a uh, review copy uh, person, so I got to read it before the general public. I got it for free. I kind of stuck it. That's in always there. good. But, uh, you know, the friend of ours, Dan Bouts had uh, written a piece for that. So I was really excited. I saw him advertise it. So I was like, yeah, I want to read this sneak a copy. So I got to review it and I was, I was absolutely blown away by the, by the autumn tales. Number one, which is what it was called. Well, it was just called autumn tales, but but fantastic book. And it kind of sparked me to get off my butt and start writing in between, you know, doing podcasts and working 900 hours a week and all the other things that we have to do. (laughs) Uh, But, I finished my novel and I still haven't had it published. It's still sitting out there somewhere on somebody's trash can. But I saw a, an advertisement for authors for Autumn Tales 2. And oh. I jumped on it. I, I probably wrote it in three days. I was so excited. And uh, Autumn Tales 2 Pumpkin Sliced Nightmares came out last week uh, through Amazon. It will be a worldwide distribution. It should be uh, next week. But it's a, a horror anthology, 22 authors. 22 original awesome stories all wrapped into one nice cover. And it was exciting to write. I'm excited to get my stuff out there, but I'm excited to, to be a part of something that's uh, writers who are more talented than I am. So it's going to help me out. Definitely. So I've got one more question. I know you're a busy man. I don't want to keep you too Sorry, long. I didn't do my hair. That's why I'm not on camera. Well, well that's why me and Chuck are wearing hats and Mike, Mike shaved it so far down. He doesn't have to worry about it. Um, so are you still keeping track of the paranormal news? Eh, you know, I do. It's, it's one of those things that's, uh, hard to get rid of. I, I try to, my best to ignore it, but people always send me stuff or ask me, what do you think of that Bigfoot 
uh, by the train, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to ignore. So is that is the Bigfoot by the train the paranormal story of the, the year right now? So if I had to do the, the top 10 this year, it's, it's got to be up there. But it's always those stories that happen around this time of the year that we always get caught up on. Uh, but it was a pretty viral story. It's probably one of the biggest stories to get out there, but not, it's not what people think it was. It was it was pretty much a prank, but it's one of those cool stories that never gets revealed, but we all speculate. We think we know what it is, but then it fades away because, you know, we have an attention span of a gnat and we're already worrying about, you know, the next dance move, the next TikTok uh, thing that's, that's, am I allowed to say that? I yeah. guess I did. You just did. I know. <laughs> We're still online. We're still talking, so you must be allowed to say. <laughs> Power's still on. The lights are good. Okay, good. We're good. Just, yeah, don't ref- I, just don't reference the military or the FBI. We'll no, be good. I wasn't going <laughs> to do that. I got, I got those words still, uh, still here with the little crosses out, so I, I know which ones not to say. The black fans. Oh, president's names and certain weapons. Yeah. So I have one more question for you, Brian. Is there, is there ever going to come a point where we do see something that we think is paranormal on video? No, we see it every day. We think. We think no, it is. Yeah, but the majority of us, right? Not just you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been saying this for over 20 years, and it, it's unfortunate that our technology moves forward. So, you know, I uh, granted, I'm, I'm old. I'm an old man, 50. So I grew up with... 35 millimeter cameras, everything was, you know, analog, analog cassettes. You know, he had to rewind for 25 minutes just to get to the, you know, beginning of the track and all that stuff. So, you know, then comes digital, then comes this, then digital cameras. And now we all carry these things in our pocket that can take way better video and way better photos than anything I ever could, could imagine as a kid. However, all those great advancements in technology also come with uh, an evil side. And that's the ability to hoax and the ability to create photos. And I remember saying a long time ago, a seven-year-old kid could probably fool somebody from you know, 10 or 15 years ago with creating something or creating a, even a video. I remember videos that were launched online of UFOs flying over buildings people were freaking out thinking that was real. But if we looked at it now, we'd laugh. We'd laugh and say how, how childish that technology is. So as technology moves forward, we're fooled by things, but you know, we're, we're always at that crossroads of, wow, is that real? Is that fake? I mean, you can go back to the Patterson Gimlin film, you know, we're still arguing over that thing. We're still blowing it up and making it 4k and all this other stuff. And, you know, all the technology has helped us see that, but we still argue about it. We still don't know, even though it's gotten better. You know, I, I remember just having to shake my head up and down when I watched it on Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of, you know, so I could actually kind of see it. Now we have, you know, motion tracking. We can look at it, but it doesn't help it. And I think as technology gets, you know, more advanced, I mean, look at video games. I never thought video games would look as real as what they do. It's scary. And they're just going to get worse or better, I guess. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> so are we ever going to see anything that redeem pair? I don't think anyone will ever agree on it. Um, there's, I mean, we've been faking stuff like that for, not we, not not me anyway, <laughs> but we as in humans have been faking that stuff for for decades. And, you know, it's it's it all comes from that thing of we all want to believe. I like the poster on my wall. We want to believe we want to see things, but I don't think everyone will ever be convinced. There's always somebody that's definitely jumping up and down and, you know, their mom's basement saying it's definitely real. Uh, that's definitely Bigfoot or that's definitely a UFO. But then, you know, there's a lot of other people that are maybe not skeptical, maybe not hardcore skeptics. Maybe they're just uh, people with common sense will say, well, you know, I can tell that's edited, you know, based on the story, based on information we have about it you know i remember gosh i forget what year it was the (laughs) jerusalem ufo videos that took the world by storm one january and everyone the whole world was freaking out about this and it didn't take long for a lot of us to put stuff together because there was copycat videos we put it all together it was just a hoax it was an elaborate hoax even mufon figured it out well that's that's that's, it was that is saying something because they don't figure much out oh wait correct yeah 
Was that the the ones where it was like all out of the guy's roof or out of his like they were always like over his house? Was it the same guy? Uh, well, no, it was. Uh, so one of the things that we look at when we're analyzing videos or stories like this is, are there more than one angle? Uh, are people talking about this? Can we see different vantage points? Well, it didn't take but two or three days till three different videos of three different angles. And I, that kind of floored me. Like you never see videos that are from different angles of the same phenomena. Cause that's what you want. You know, you don't want just one random guy filming a UFO yeah. uh, over a volcano or something. If you get two or three people at the same angle, a, that gives you verification that it actually did happen. And B the possibility of figuring out maybe a logical explanation for it, but it didn't take long for, for uh, different people to figure out that, first of all, it was just a, a matte painting. It was actually just a picture, and they just used power, uh, not PowerPoint. They just used Photoshop over top of it, and these other angles were just other videos that were used, and nothing lined up. Like, timing didn't line up. The lighting didn't line up. It, it was It was a clever hoax, but once you started looking at it and analyzing it, putting things together, it, it it fell apart pretty quick. Like I said, even MUFON figured it out. But yeah, it was over uh, Jerusalem. I forget the uh, the actual area, but it was, you know, it was taken from a distance, but it was really just a photograph that they used and they fooled a lot of people with it, including MUFON for about a month. <laughs> it's very, very similar. Do you, do you guys remember, uh, it was several years ago when, the, when they had a live call in to Art Bell and it was about uh, the Siberian uh, borehole. And, and then they ended up breaking down uh, the audio of that, and it was actually from several different movies. Do you guys remember that? You're talking about the the deepest hole in the earth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they overlaid a bunch of stuff. Yep. Yeah, it happens uh, quite a bit. I, I remember the sounds of hell, and then I realized this at a school, and it was just what I was listening to. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Chuck. My bad. Good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, they did that with a, a catfish for the Loch Ness monster a couple of years ago too. They just took a an award-winning catfish and they just overlaid it over water and it made it look like a Loch Ness monster was discovered and that fooled people too for a little bit until somebody figured it out. There's uh there's that rake the rake video that uh was on a bunch of shows and blew up on youtube and everybody thought that that was real it was whatever they did was pretty impressive but it was too short and the guy like slams the door like this thing's coming at him and then you just search his name on google and he's on imdb like <laughs> and he's got a yeah. movie that's called like the rake like a short like it's like oh okay you but you didn't fake it yeah no. Yeah, it's like all the UFO sightings that are posted by, you know, graphic artists. Like, whoops. Yeah. What was it? Um, oh, the not The Ring. One of the Japanese movies that were inspired for something remade here in the U.S. They show, like, uh, over in Japan, like, them deep faking you know, ghost pictures and putting them out and like flooding the internet and how they do that. And it's like, that's, that stuff's just too hard to, you know, believe anymore just because how flooded it is. For sure. That's, that's the, the problem, right? Cause if, if one person did capture whatever, Bigfoot, alien, ghost, whatever, any of these things, we'd all be like, Oh, that's fake. Like, forget it. I'll tell you, you know, over, over the course of the last 10 years, I think that, uh, that I've, you know, I, I, I've kind of rethought some of the, uh, some of the paranormal experiences that differing people have brought to me, uh, you know, especially podcasting and that sort of stuff. It's, it's crazy that, uh, it's crazy to think how long it was, uh, several years ago, Jim. And then today, uh, I'm probably more of a skeptic than I used to be. Yeah, I can see that. I think I, I listen to more people now, but it's kind of like I wasn't there. So it's kind of like I understand where they're coming from on that kind of rudimentary level. 
But sometimes some of these people are talking about things that doesn't connect well with my, you know, holding it up to my lens of what I know, come to know. Like I got picked up and dumped on my head by nothing. I, I've heard a story like that, and that was on something that was fairly big, and I'm like, could it happen? Maybe. But personally, do I believe it? Like, no. I mean, I've had my own incident, or a couple, you know, and it's like, so I don't really just blow anybody off, but it's, again, that's, you gotta take it with a grain of salt anymore. So, well, do you, do you find yourself trying to debunk, uh, you know, pretty much uh, even even your past experiences? Because I try to do that. I've I've had I've had a lot of crazy experiences over you know over my lifetime, but then but then you know you then you watch a stupid documentary on on the brain and you're like, man, right. did exactly. I myself into this? You know? Yeah. Oh, for those wondering, I am going to tell my best ghost story at the end of the show so stay tuned if you're looking for a halloween for i know we, i got another ufo question coming up it's kind of, just stay tuned if you're interested in ghost stories so everybody deal okay uh, um, do, you, do you want me to share my my darkest uh uh ghost story jim actually in one second we got a, a question about you uh move on here and then we'll get to your darkest story how's that so? sounds good what do the guests think about the influence of celebrity slash entertainment industries in the UFO paranormal fields? And I know he's talking about, he's got a good, good, good man crush on Tom DeLonge. Right. <laughs> Are you okay? He doesn't. Are you okay me jumping first? What? All right. Can I, can I jump yeah. on this question? Okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of compare it with, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey uh, dating the pop icon on my chiefs and it's kind of taken away the, the, the flavor and fervor and the, uh, you know, the, the, the respect that, that I had for my chiefs. So I kind of compare it to football. Well, that's a good one. we got to make sure we get Taylor Swift in the show notes. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> Mike, you have a comment about that? I know you watch all these shows, so you're more vested in this than I am. So yeah, what, do you, um, what do you think about like uh, Jack Osborne doing his show? So, Jack is is probably a little less uh, of like pushing towards the you know the obvious fakeness, um, but then again he's not a bad actor either. So it's kind of like where do you, where can you draw the line there? Um, now with like Delong getting in and doing the you know the kind of disclosure stuff. I was kind of excited about it at first. And then all the stuff came out about how he's like starting this, you know, college or what university or some kind of thing, some school and how much money was getting put into there. So I don't know if, uh, if I'm there with that anymore, but I mean, with all those videos that were released by the military and the deep, you know, the stuff that's been declassified, there's something out there that's not known to us that we could figure out, but could somebody figure out? Probably. I mean, and if not, then there's things out there that are doing things that we never could imagine. Like, but. For sure. It's the dark side of the moon, man. It's the, it's the guy that came back from Mars after he was fighting on Mars for 20 years. <laughs> Parsons, you got anything you want to add before we get to Chuck's dark story here? Oh, so. Okay, let's let's look at the ghost field. Back in 2008, you had ghost hunters come out, changed everything. I was already in the field, but it blew up. It just brought all sorts of people into this field. Those are all homegrown people. You look at, you know, Zach Bagans and his crew. We got to get him on the list too, so we got to throw his name out there. Got <laughs> some hate mail. Um, you know, all these homegrown groups that just popped up that, you know, were just on the internet. They were just hiding behind an acronym on a website and all of a sudden they're famous. They're popular. They're huge. Who do you have in the UFO field? Who, who is the prime investigator? I mean, unfortunately we lost Stanton Friedman. You know, he was kind of the big guy. He was, he was the big face and the big voice of, of UFO investigation. You got nobody else. I mean, I could throw another name out there. Like people like John Ventry, no one's going to want to listen to him. Great guy. Trust me. I like him, but 
he's you know jim you're from pa you know all you know yeah, I've, I've seen more so, than more than enough about him to... that's why i never picked up my subscription to move on i let it lapse um but what is ufos what does the ufo field have you know they that's have nobody so they have to grasp at whatever they can to make this popular and you know tom DeLong, if he wants to throw his money around that's fine i didn't never liked his music anyway um <laughs> don't own any of his stuff yeah you know I'll, I'll tap my thumb on the steering wheel if the song comes on you know what band was it blink 182 okay i thought he was blink all right yeah blink yeah, and you few. miss blink and you miss his career yeah uh, i was over in a flash <laughs> uh but they have to do something and I, it's so weird like ufos should be way more popular than what they really are the whole field should be huge uh mufon's screwing it up i mean uh, hey I, I told him I'm, I'm willing to work cheap you know 80 grand a year i'll be your pr i'll get you guys in everything but they don't listen to me. They don't care. Um, they're screwing something up. I, I just don't understand. Ghost just automatically was popular. Everybody loved it. I, maybe because you can do it with half a brain and you just believe in it and you just close your eyes and it happens. UFO is a little bit tougher. You know, it's just something physical you got to see. Uh, even the government's fooled. You know, all those videos, it's, those, those are all explainable. I, I'm, I'm ashamed that our U.S. government can't figure stuff out that I you know, a guy like Mick West can figure out in 15 seconds, you know, looking at some stuff. It's it's embarrassing that we can't figure it. But there's other governments, too, that have videos that they've put out that's just as embarrassing that you can figure out it's a bird or it's a heat trail or it's just they don't know how to use their cameras. Right. Or but, the ET mummies. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Don't get me started on that crap. But <laughs> UFO Field doesn't have anybody sexy. They don't have... Those cool guys in tight T-shirts walking around with their hair slicked back. These are all old guys, uh, overweight guys with short ties. I can say all this because I'm a ufologist, I guess. You know, there's nobody <laughs> sexy or cool in the UFO fields. You got to, of course, you have to get somebody from the outside. Jack Osborne, I, I think, guys in everything. And he's his career. You know, he's just holding on with a fingernail, just trying to be, yep, ooh, trying to do something, but. You know, you don't see any mainstream celebrities, big, you know, big stars jumping into this stuff. It's all has-beens or wannabes. And well, Chuck Banks is willing to trade from the Chiefs, Taylor Swift, to ufology for a player to be named later in a six-pack of beer. Does ufology accept? No. Coca-Cola, man. I'm not a beer drinker. <laughs> well, you're trading it, so you know, got to sweeten the deal because Coca-Cola is everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if if the if the UFO world's looking for a sexy guy, I mean, I'm I'm available. Come on. Well, I was trying to bait him into getting me, but yeah, I, I guess either one of us, you know. <laughs> we just need some black hair. We just look back and get your suits. We'll be the men in black. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I don't think I'd fit in my suit right now. Uh, and, and 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 the problem would be is they would say that guy looks like Santa Claus in a suit. <laughs> Maybe we'll just dress you up as Santa Claus, and you could be the gift. Oh, I can handle. You could hand out people your little UFO kits. Yeah. So Germantown Runner has a question here. Chuck, I didn't forget about your story, so it might be story time at the end of the show here. Uh, what do you think you guys think about the theory that everything of that every all of this, every is a single bite of reality in a simulation? The simulation theory. There we go. Yeah. A single bite. Ooh. I mean, that'd be like a our lives on the timeline. I mean, it, anything's possible. You know, after well, flat Earth, that no, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> but most anything else. You know, as uh, as a ordained minister and teacher and all that sort of stuff, I, I can honestly say that uh, you know, if if God did create the universe, uh, which He did, uh, we're we're all within that simulation. So yeah, I mean. But uh, I mean, we're we're, we're all uh, matter, uh, energy, so and we're all tied together in some some facet. It's viable. Well, for me, the, the more the more I learn about physics, the more I learn about science, I'm starting to uh, gravitate more toward. And it's weird because I had this idea in my head a long time ago, and then I saw it on a on a movie of all things. So I guess I wasn't the only person with this, which we always think we were the only person that thinks something, but 
uh, I forget which one it was. Men, one of the men in blacks. They have at the beginning of the movie where uh, you're zooming out from Earth and you're going into a, a universe and you're zooming back and further, further, further. You end up on a marble yeah. with an alien playing with it. And that's always been my thought is you look at matter, you look at particles, you look at quarks and leptons, all the sub particles, and we look at space and we can't figure it out. It's expanding and we can't see it because what we're able to view is very, very limited. We, we think we've mapped out the universe. We've mapped out the stars, but in reality to me, we're only seeing a portion because we're unable to see the bigger picture. And I think really the bigger picture is we are nothing but a portion of a particle in an atom that makes up something greater that we'll never be able to see, at least with current technology. We could be, you know, a, a piece of, of our visible universe could be a piece of spit on a piece of gum on somebody's shoe in some alternate reality or other universe. I mean, we always think we're the biggest thing, and I really don't think we are. I think we're just part of something that's way bigger than what we are. And our complicated lives and our jobs and our, our fancy electric cars, we think, are the, the greatest thing ever invented. Uh, but, you know, it's because your garage is going to burn down uh, from your electric car. But we're, we're, we're nothing. We're, we're just specks in, in space. But... Um, it gets worse than that when you step back. And I really think that we're part of something bigger as far as, uh, you know, simulations. I mean, what is we're talking like the matrix here? Like we got a plug in the back of our head. I kind of feel like when I'm at work like that, but suggest, sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say, or we're part of the powering of that plug and something's head. I, I, McDonald's that, was you know. invented. I think that's why McDonald's is around. Yeah, Taco Bell. They event well, you know. I see that spear in, in Las Vegas, right? So oh, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's just wild. Uh, let's see. Make sure. Well, that like how you were talking about uh, the spec thing, you know, Brian. Um, I was just thinking yesterday about uh, what is it, water bears. I was yeah. you know, all that micro stuff. Yeah. I was thinking of like the quantum mania, you know, Marvel thing. Um, and how, you know, just zooming down and then my brain went to like Stargate where the black hole was like pulling them in yeah. or whatever. And it was like minutes down there, but it was like a week at the top or, you know, like time was flying by, but it was so yeah, it's, there's all sorts of stuff that could be going on. Also, a good note here, where uh, shout out to Pluto, still a planet. Yes. <laughs> Always was to me. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> the only thing I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson for. And he got it on uh, Big Bang Theory. They, uh, you know, Parsons had that line to him. And he's like, it wasn't, there was like seven other people on that committee. You know, like, it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I still blame him. Yeah, he's he's the voice, right? Uh, he's the voice. Kaku is getting out there though, like or has been out there really, um, and he's one of the guys that kind of went in where Friedman Friedman was more, you know, into it, but uh, Kaku seems to you know lean towards there's something going on, like so. You almost have to at this point, right? Like, when you see these pictures from millions of miles away, you'd be foolish to think there's nothing some anywhere. Yep. Chuck's like, you'd think that, but these guys are still, you know, stuck on it. So. Yeah. Well, I got. I I have a 1947 Roswell paper over there, so I, I I've always I've always been interested. Uh, in, in ufology and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately, um, there's just, I mean, the, the information that we get, uh, which is over and over, uh, and then it's kind of like uh, the, the paranormal. It's like, uh, you know, you, you, you don't know what to believe. And, and in today's day and age, you know, I, I look at it in education even. It's very hard to find good quality information that isn't skewed in some way. And, and that's, that's the biggest issue uh, 
is that uh, the the older I get and the more abundance of information that is at my fingertips, I get lost. You know, it's 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 hard to zone in. I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's it's crazy. It's like the last ten years, I it's put like forty years on my brain. Yeah, Chuck, I, I want to ask you about AI because mm-hmm. as as a teacher, how how are you teaching around AI right now? I guess we'll start there. Um, I, I I think the, the the biggest issue. I mean, I I'm in the special education uh, uh, department now, where whereas I taught history uh, the past uh, eleven years. And what what I've noticed is is like if, if if I even if I even think that a kid is utilizing AI, uh, what what I will do is I w- I will have them paraphrase it in their own handwriting, uh, and and you would be surprised. Uh, sometimes they 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 do a great job, and sometimes they do not. But uh, a- AI is a tool I I I think is is amazing. If, if utilized properly, you know, I mean, you know, if, if you have a uh, child with a disability, uh, you can utilize it much like you do voice to text and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's definitely going to take a lot of creativity out of a lot of things, just like, you know, how, uh, you know, and I'm sure Brian is a little bit nervous as, as well as as an author. It's uh, it's real easy for a somebody to go out and AI an entire book in a weekend and then you know they're they're getting more sales and more money than you are so uh, there there's just going to have to be a, it's it it's got to be regulated uh but but it's something that's here and and in order for us to survive as a society we're going to have to jump on board and utilize it properly i don't know whether you you know uh, i mean I'm sure there are people out there thinking oh my god man ai ai it's going to be like terminator could be uh, we're, you know, it's, it's amazing that we have technology that's already smarter than us. And, uh, I remember a day, uh, Jim, when, when, you know, our computer was only as smart as we were. Do you, do you remember, do you remember those uh, connotations? Whereas in today's day and age, man, they're, they're smarter than we are. I was telling my daughter tonight about asking Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> so. We went from that to now asking uh, Chat GPT, and I think Chat GPT is way more accurate than Jeeves ever was. Yes, um, and and it works well if uh, if like if you want to write a review or something, it it does make your life a little easier. Yeah, I use it for emails all the time. Because you know, I get to, uh, yeah, I'll be there, but you know, I'll be I send I put it in the Chat GPT, and it says, oh, "I'm looking forward to attending this event." Da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I I always thought that we had that deep connection, Jim, when you would write those paragraphs to me. <laughs> well, you know, now the secret's out. Everybody's disappointed now. <laughs> As the joke goes, if you get a text message from me, does this make any sense? You know, it's for me. If it has periods and capital letters, it's probably from. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, with this being Halloween, I've got to ask you guys because this is. I, I've been thinking about this and I haven't came up with an answer myself yet. So I'm going to put myself on the spot here in a minute. Favorite Halloween costume. Maybe not one. That, I mean, it could be one that you wore or one that you've seen. I'll, I'll open it back up a little bit just in case you, you know, didn't have anything great in your childhood because, you know. It's nothing that I, that I wore in particularly, but I love seeing those, uh, those blown up T-Rexes running up to the house as my dog, my beagles going crazy. Um, I'd have to say, uh, one that I've seen, it was mainly in cosplay was, uh, um, an Iron Man one that was actually, you know, functionality, like, uh, not, you know, exact, but really, really well done and put in there. Uh, so today I dressed up as, uh, Captain Pike from Strange Inner Worlds, um, Star Trek, for those of you that don't know that. Uh, <laughs> for me, I, I, I like the ones that are uh, that kind of fool your, your senses a little bit. Like uh, I saw one tonight when I was walking my dog, taking my dog trick-or-treating. Um, it's like the, it looks like the alien's carrying the kid. He's got the legs dangling oh. down. I love those. <laughs> it's just a trick perspective, and if you do it right, 
you know, they, they have to blow up T-Rex ones. Or it looks like you're sitting on the saddle on the T-Rex. If you do it right, man, you can fool a lot of people. They're hilarious. Uh, it's very creative. Um, it's better than, you know, the, the old plastic masks that we had with that rubber band and that little metal thing that would always pop out of there. Um, wow, advancements, technology. We're talking about it tonight, boy. Wow. Yeah, all these costumes are out of this world. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm my out. Knee. See you guys later. <laughs> my, knee, my knee hurts. <laughs> Go ahead, Chuck. I seen you were itching to say something there. No, no, no. I, I, I was, um, you, you know how I am. Um, you know, it's it, it's more comedian lately than it is, uh, you know, seriousness, which I kind of like, man. Uh, but, you know, I, I can remember uh, being Darth Vader with that uh, rubber band that would smack your back of your head. My my favorite was I have I have to find pictures of this. I guess now that I'm telling this on on the world, right? Um, had a bulldozer made for me out of a box and a little front with car, you know, all out of cardboard, but it was pretty cool. Just because I think it's creative. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. Do you, do you ever do you ever see the kid that comes up and he's wearing like a bunch of cereal boxes and then he's got a knife? He's the serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chuck, you'll appreciate this. My son was the uh, the guy on Zoom that doesn't know he's on mute. <laughs> <laughs> so he just he just all over the place today. That's awesome. <laughs> An excuse not to talk to people and wear headphones. I mean, I, I think he nailed his costume. Yeah, I think I, I think all those kids uh, during COVID, uh, during that uh, you know six months that we were out, they would like, like I don't know, they they would continuously uh, you know loop the circle, and I think, uh, and then I think they went outside to play. I don't know, man. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to keep Chuck. I'm going to dismiss you other two because he's got a story to tell and I've got a story to tell. And I'm looking at the clock and we've got like 20 minutes left. Is that okay if you two guys, you want to hang, you could hang out in the green room or whatever that is and probably listen. The green room. Yeah, you got coffee? Yeah, it's it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, Mike, it was good to hear from you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being a supporter of the show for so long, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. And Parsons? Good to see you, Mike. Yep. And Parsons? I guess. I can't wait for the. Um, the news to come back. Just saying. No pressure. Oh, but, okay. No pressure. You know, I I like it. You can send it to me even. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Don't forget Autumn Tales 2, Pumpkin Slice Nightmares. Find it on Amazon. Sounds Had good. Get that in there. Get oh, that you in have there. to. That's why you're here. Okay. Well, I love you, Jim. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, somebody does. <laughs> Let's mark that on the counter. Oh, it's Halloween. That'll be easy to do. <laughs> uh, let's see. There we go. Now, Chuck, you ready for this? Yes. So you have a story for me. Yes. You have the, you have the floor. Go ahead. All right. So um, this this happened uh, way back in 1989. Um uh, Rob Vandermark and I, we, we actually made the trek down because we heard that uh, Mendota, Missouri was haunted. Okay. So we, we, we were pretty interested in that. So we, we go down. We actually had um, uh, a shaman tell us not to go down there. So I, I am throwing that out there. So we, we go down to Mendota, Missouri, which happens to be about 12 minutes south of Centerville, Iowa. And we go to this uh, this location, and and again, it's always been a hotbed down there. Uh, historically, that's where uh, supposedly the KKK, the Grand Wizard, used to have their things and and things like that. Um, I don't know a whole lot uh, more, you know, as far as any tales of death and stuff like that down there. But but there was that. So we we get down there. There's this old abandoned house, and uh, you know you know how it is. You're you're 16 years old. You get out of your car. Uh, you you go to this abandoned house. You go inside, and it's creepy. Okay, uh, felt felt kind of a cold draft. So we we go back outside, and we're looking off into the distance, which would be south of that house. 
and I saw what what appeared to be. Do you, you remember the, the the Terminator movie when you had that uh, that figure you could kind of see through? Okay, yeah. so I started to see this thing running towards us, and you know I, I'm getting a little bit uh, you know chilly and, and and not feeling well, and I look at Rob, <coughs> excuse me, and Rob has his face is white. It's uh, it's as white as I've ever seen. I look at him. He looks at me and he says, you see it? And I was like, yep. And then we both look at the house and this green mist comes out of the house. I, I, I can't tell you, Jim, how scared I was as a 16-year-old to see that. So we hurried back to the car and got out of there. Well, lo and behold, two days later, we find uh, we, we find the, the craziness, I guess, to drive back there. And we we drive a little further past the house, and lo and behold, there was a cemetery back there that we had no idea that was back there, where it appeared where this uh, this energy or whatever was running towards us. How, okay, so first question, Chuck. Yes, I'm not trying to nitpick here, but how did the 16 year old Chuck Banks know a shaman? Well, uh, I was actually dating a girl <laughs> that. Uh, her mother was a shaman. Okay, uh, it was not my wife, my current wife, or anything like oh, that. Oh no! Well, you were sixteen. We, we assume not at this point. Yeah. Now, um, you know, looking back, uh, you know, was, was were these seeds planted in my head? Um, I did not use drugs. Uh, we were not drinking. Okay. Uh, we we but we both experienced that at the same time. Now. Obviously, Rob was with me when we had that conversation with the shaman, Jim. But, I mean, was was those seeds planted? Uh, but but for both of us to see this in this green mist, it's pretty crazy. Anything happened to the cemetery? What's that? Anything happened to the cemetery when you went back? Uh, when we went back, it was fairly calm, which is which is strange, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how the paranormal goes. I'm sure you appreciate that by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so so we go back to this, and and you know a lot of people they they like go to cemeteries and things like that and whatever. Um, I'm not sure, man. I, I I don't know whether whether I buy it because you know it's kind of like when I go go visit my dad, uh, you know, at the cemetery he's buried in. Um, I I mean, his spirit's probably around me all the time anyway. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean. I, I tell people they don't have to go to the cemetery to see their loved ones. You're just going to visit a stone that says their name. I mean, that's all you're doing there. Because if you could be anywhere in the world, Chuck, after you die and you have free roam as a spirit, are you hanging out by a stone that says your name? Or are you going to go check in on your loved ones or whatever else? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm probably showing up to see my uh, my loved ones at their most vulnerable times, uh, you know, to to reassure and stuff like that. Uh, but, it, but, you know... We, we look at the Day of the Dead or Las Vegas or something like that. Uh, Coach Smith, if he, if he watches this later, he'll probably give me a hard time. But um, it, it, it seems that we pull all these traditions and, and sometimes they get lost in translation, you know? Oh, that's, I mean, that's all we do, right? We make commercialize everything. And I mean, look at Halloween here, right? Here yeah. We are. <laughs> And then, and then there'll be there'll be groups, uh, you know, fundamental groups that say shame on us for uh, for you know doing this pagan celebration too, right? It's crazy, yeah. but, but you know, you know, we could also argue Christmas was a, originally a pagan holiday too. So you know, yeah, I, it's careful what we wish for, right? <laughs> but no, I I've had scarier occurrences happen, you know, like with pictures and things like that, but. Uh, but that one uh, I'll, I'll always remember, and it's uh, it, it, I actually wrote about that story in my very first book. But uh, and 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 I think the significance behind that particular event at Mendota, Jim, was that two of us experienced it, not just me. You know. Yeah. Well, that's the key. I mean, that's part of it, right? When you have validation from somebody else, it makes you feel not as weird, but it makes you wonder more. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I've had uh, instances where I, I, you know, I've been in bed and and I feel the covers pull off and I think, you know, what, uh, you know, so I turn over and I think, you know, maybe my wife has come to bed and she wasn't there. Uh, I, I've experienced that sort of stuff, but it, but that is my experiences versus, you know, what I mean, having validation, 
you know, j- just like you said, and like like you've you've listened to a plethora of individuals over the years and their stories, uh, as as of I, and you know, you, you you listen intently, but but you're you always have that you know little thing in the middle of your brain saying, did that really happen? Yeah, Mike mentioned earlier about you know being picked up and dropped on their head, and you know you hear these stories and go, man. Mike's like a big guy. I don't know if somebody, a spirit could pick him up. Yeah. It's wild though. I mean, part of me wants to believe, but. Well, it's like, it's like when, when, when we found out that uh, Amityville might, might not have happened, right? They, they, they planted that seed and they, they added Hollywood, uh, you know, within it. That, uh, that kind of disturbed me because I'm telling you what, man, that Amityville movie, when it first came out in the eighties, it disturbed the heck out of me. Well, but I mean, was that its attention, right? To yep. twist you, bend you around a little bit. Hey, what's what? What's your favorite scariest movie of all time? I don't know. I don't really watch that many scary movies. Um, snakes on a plane. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a fear, though, right? When you have when you're on an airplane like that and bunch yeah. of uh I don't know, Chuck. That's a good question. I, I wasn't prepared for that because, like I said, I, I rarely watch movies, so you're gonna have to probably name drop a few. Do you do you remember the movie The Entity? Oh yeah, and I'm also thinking The Sixth Sense because it, it wasn't really a horror movie, but man, the suspense and when you know now, right now that you know, yeah. it was creepy as f, right? <laughs> right, like <laughs> that's the kind of thing that gets me. Right, it's not necessarily the big jump scares. It's the twisting of the mind and makes you go, what did, I just, what did I just watch for the last two hours? That's the stuff that gets me. Do you, do you remember the movie Scarecrow? No, I can't even say I've heard of it. Okay. It, it was one of those uh, those low-budget uh, you know, flicks, it was, you know, like when, when you had Jason and Freddy and all those guys. So anyway, Scarecrow came out, I believe, in the late 80s, and it it, it traumatized me a little bit. Uh, I don't know. And, and something about clowns. You remember it? Yeah. <laughs> it scared me. Well, clowns, I mean, clowns, they have this weird mystique, right? I think maybe it's from it or maybe it's before that or I don't know. Do you think clowns got a, they, they kind of got a bad rap after Jan, John Wayne Gacy. I'm, I'm going to guess that after that, you're thinking the serial killer, the clown, then Bozo the Clown doesn't look as good on WGN, you know? Yeah, well, like I said, I don't know if which, which maybe it's the combination of both of them or something. I mean, now it's kind of like you don't see them anymore. Like they've mm-hmm. fell off the earth. Oh, wait, the earth isn't flat. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's either that or the Antarctic ice wall, right? Uh, you know, you have that big base behind it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, hey, one way to find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's too cold, man. It's already still. It, it's too cold in Iowa. I couldn't imagine Antarctica. Uh, we had that guy. Uh, what was his name? Germantown Runner will remember his name here in a minute. I'm sure. Um, but he was the base commander down there for a couple years, and yeah, it's cold. Man. I mean, it's cold inside, let alone outside. So I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I don't want to, but when I get my private jet, Chuck, I'll come pick you up, and we'll just go. Around the world. All right. Uh, you know, I, I was disappointed you didn't win the, uh, the the billion dollar lottery. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I keep looking. For, I keep looking for a psychic to give me those numbers. I haven't found. <laughs> no, I know. Well, you know, or or you get to the right Chinese restaurant, you know, where you can get the numbers, right? Well, my fortune cookies don't have numbers on it. What? Yeah, I know. They Man. have an They have an advertisement for the company on the back. Man, you you you, you got to come to Iowa because we have numbers in in, in our fortune cookies in Iowa. <laughs> in cornfields, you'd plow in the turning into a baseball field. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you build it, they will come. That's that's kind of even a creepy movie too. Yeah, kind of yeah. sneaks up on you though. Well, and you wouldn't even think that it was paranormal, but that was kind of a paranormal movie. Like I said, it's kind of that sticky movie. Yeah. That might be a sleeper paranormal movie. Yeah, and you know Kevin Costner. You know that was probably his best movie. I was just going to ask you that. It was his best movie, or Tim well, Curry? 
maybe it's just because it's in Iowa. I mean, Dances with Wolves was a great movie too. Uh, I don't know. What what what's the what's your scariest story? Come on, man. It's not it's not scary, but it's a good paranormal story. It's a wholesome paranormal story. Is that fair? Yeah. I don't really have any really well, I do have one scary one. If I I'll I'll tell you both of them. How's that sound? That sounds good. Okay. So years ago when we first started started the team and started investigating, I heard a story about this hotel that no longer exists. It burnt to the ground. So I miss it. Like that was probably the one building I was semi attached to and it's gone. But we heard it was haunted. So I said to our one team member, call out there and see if we can go out there and do an investigation. And she looks at me like I had free heads on my head. You know, like, we're not going to get it. And I said, just call and set up. We'll go out and talk to them. She's like, okay. So she got us an appointment with the owner. So <laughs> here I am, like two investigations in. Want to investigate this old Victorian hotel, eighteen mid-18th century. You know, like, this lady has to be almost original to the building. Uh, <laughs> right. And so I'm talking to her about, you know, ghost stories I've heard about this building and this, that, and the other. They want to come in and investigate some night. Cause you know, they're closed. I have an off season. And she says, I don't believe in that. But, and she calls over the, the desk manager, come over here, tell this guy that story about that ghost. You seen that one night. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So that, you know, she tells me the story about seeing something. She's like, I still, I just don't believe, but let me get you the, um, the maintenance guy. And she brings over the maintenance guy. <laughs> and he, t it, this happens with all like five or six employees that are working that day. She calls them all over. They all have stories, but she is just doesn't believe. And she says, she's like, oh, well, I've got somewhere else to be, but if you want to come out some night and poke around, set it up with the desk manager, she'll let you in. We have some nights that come in that, you know, we're the, the, the dining room's open late, but we're not having any guests. So you can be here until whenever we'll lock you in. But the dust manager will stay because she believes she wants to do this. I said, okay, cool. So we set it up with the desk manager and go out some Friday evening, you know, and we're sitting there. Not much is going on. And we're talking to the desk, you know, we're sitting there talking to the desk manager because I know this isn't the night. But I, I know I want to come back, right? So I'm buttering this lady up pretty good. And she's like, yeah, it kind of feels dead in here tonight. She's like, well, how about you come back in a few weeks? And maybe it'll be different. And I said, perfect. She said it before I got an opportunity to say it. So we started researching into the hotel because I want to know more of the history then, right? Because I know, once I know a little bit more, maybe I can make stuff happen. So we start talking. And I'll come back to this history in a minute. So they had a little dinner theater down, you know, down away from the hotel. We're sitting down there and my wife and a couple other team members are doing an EVP session right off state. Well, on the floor, right by the stage. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want to sit there in this, in, in this EVP session. I'm going to go sit at the bar that's up in the other corner, just about as far away from each other in this room as you can. Take my little recorder and my EMF detector. And I'm just going to go sit at the bar. See you guys in a little bit. And on the bar happens to be a drink glass, right? And, an well, almost empty bottle of Jack Daniels. Like, they sat it there so they'd get, in the, you know, like, there's just a couple of drips in there. So I go around behind the bar and pour this drink, right? I'm all about this, you know, and put that glass down and put a, you know, throw a quarter behind the bar and go and sit on the other side of the bar. But not at, not at the, you know, where the drink is, the next seat over. Throw my recorder down. I'm just sitting there. Have my little EMF detector there beside me. And then you hear this ting on the glass. And they all look over like they think I'm doing something to them, right? I'm not doing anything. And then you hear this deeper ting on it, like a, from the light ting on the top to like that thud on the bottom. And my, I look over at my EMF meter and it starts to spike. And I'm like, oh, well, we're doing something here. And, I, you know, sitting there for a minute or two. And then I feel this coldness come over me and go the other direction. And I get up with my, my EMF meter and follow this coldness right out the door. And I'm like, what was that all about? Like we got to the doors, the double doors at the top of the feeder, let people in and out. Nothing. Got warm again. EMF meter went away. So I went back over to the bar and sat for probably half an hour where they were doing this EVP session. And they're like, 
what were you doing? I said, I was following this cold spot. I'm like, why didn't you say something? I'm like, because I didn't want to ruin the moment. So back to the, the history stuff, because this will get chucked. There was another hotel in, in town. This town is midway between New York and Chicago. Dead middle. So you can look it up. But there was a hotel there that was the Hilton of the day. It had like 350 rooms for the wealthy. Big deal back in the day. The owner of that hotel passed away suddenly. But he left the business to his son. And his son was a pompous jerk, according to the lady from the Historical Society. Because her grandfather worked there. <laughs> of course, this lady was also old, so it makes sense, right? But he was a pompous jerk and ran the business into the ground in a year and a half to the point where they closed the hotel. So he went and sat at the bar at this other hotel that was just freshly open to drink his sorrows away. And I said, oh. And she's like, yeah, he'd go in, have a couple drinks, and then just go off into the night. Nobody knew where he was going. I said, where do you go have those drinks at? And she told me, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. So did I connect with this son? Maybe. Did I connect with somebody that was drinking at the bar? Probably. I don't know. I just still get kind of chills thinking about it. Because if it was the sun, makes sense. Because it was definitely cold. <laughs> you know, history, uh, when, when you're able to validate it with history, that's, that's when it gets you. So fast forward, because, you know, I'm interested in these guys. And I find out they're buried in my town, which is an hour away from there. Right? So they're supposed to be buried in this old cemetery. So I go digging around there and can't find them. So I go up to the newer cemetery, right? And I get out of my car, just pull in, get out of my car, start walking and trip on a stone. Well, you know, you're careful when you're walking around cemeteries. You normally just don't trip on a stone. Yeah, it was their stone. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Like, and I mean, we're talking a good two and a half, three feet out of the ground stone. That apparently I just missed and tripped on. Like, this wasn't some little foot marker. This was a stone that, on a good day, you see. But on a bad day, you, you miss and have a story to tell. That's, that's why, you know, I always say the paranormal is crazy. And sometimes crazy is pretty good. So we'll tell you about this bad, we'll tell you this bad story. And then we'll be out of time. Yay! Uh, so had a team member who was thrown out of his house by his mother because he was 19, 20 years old. Decided he was going to go live in the woods about this time of year. Matter of fact, it was getting cold. And I said, hey, I hate to see you do that. Why don't you come stay at my house for a couple months until you get your shit together? Right? He says, okay. So we set up a time after work. It was about this time of night, matter of fact. And I said, hey, I'll pick you up after work. I'll come pick you up. That way you don't have to be out on a night. Well, going to freeze tonight. So it's the same kind of deal. He says, okay. So I go out, pull into this boat, pull off, you know, where people go. And then there's woods over there. So I go up to the woods. And start looking around, I'm yelling for him, you know, calling him all sorts of names because, you know, he's not answering me. So I'm getting mad and angry. And so I walk up to the, tr so you're in this woods and there's a train grade and a train track across the top. And I get up there and I'm MFing at this point, right? Because he was supposed to be on this side of the train and I can't find him. And then I start across the train bridge for some ungodly reason. And I get to the, near the edge of that and it says, don't go across. I hear, don't go across. And I'm MFing again because I hear this voice and I'm thinking, yeah, pretty funny. But, you know, like I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this isn't a ghost at this moment, right? I'm pretty sure it's him playing a game on me. So I'm just, you know, full provoke mode, I guess you'd say. So I get out halfway across the bridge. And the next thing I know, I'm face down looking at the water of this bridge, under this bridge. And I, and I heard, I told you not to go out there. And at that point, I realized that wasn't his voice. And I'm sitting, I'm standing, I'm laying on the, this train track thinking, okay, but I'm here now. So what do I do? I crawl back off that bridge, back the way I came and got out of there. Oh. Didn't stand up until I was on my ground because, yeah, I'm not willing to tempt fate that much more. No. <laughs> Whoa, Chuck's excited about it. No. I, I, I kicked the, uh, the desk. Yeah, you scared me. 
Well, Chuck, I appreciate you and Brian and Mike jumping on tonight and sharing some Halloween, some UFOlogy. It's a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you too. And uh, talk soon. Where did that go? Outro music. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.